Enduring generations of pain and suffering, their veins run brownish-green like the waters of the Cuyahoga. In a constant search for a new team to root for, but something keeps drawing them back. This is Cleveland. Don't mess it up. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cleveland Don't Mess It Up. I am your host, Brent, here again with my co-host and father, Tim. Still your father. And today we have a special edition of the show. We are looking into the MLB trade deadline on this gorgeous Monday morning, August 24th, 2020. My favorite subject MLB trades. MLB trades. Um, so, yeah, we're we're a week away. We'll dive right in. We're a week away. And obviously, the Indians have a lot of needs. Um, pitching not being one of them. Primarily bats. <laughs> Again, I beg to disagree with you on our many needs. And that's, that's fine. You can <laughs> disagree, need, but you're wrong. We don't, need many, we don't have many needs. Listen, Cleveland fans, again. Again, we're like the fourth, fifth best record in baseball right now as we sit. Okay. I understand we got a little healthy against Detroit and Pittsburgh. I get that. But let's face it. The, the reality is that we're in pretty good position to make the, uh, make the playoffs. So that being said, our real needs and, 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 you know, let's face it. Frankie is starting to come back a little bit, right? So you have this situation where his batting average is starting to go up. You've seen a little more production. He's on base a little bit more. He's more patient at the plate. You're starting to see that happen. Um, Jose's kind of on a roller coaster ride right now in the infield. He's a little up and down. Um, you know, he, he was on a, he was on a tear there for a while and then he went on a 20 game or a 20 at bat. Couldn't get, couldn't touch a baseball streak. So, but again, <clears throat> starting to look better at the plate, a little up and down, but he looks good. Uh, Reyes, Reyes has been solid in the middle, started off slow, has tuned it back up and is sticking around that 300 mark, uh, for his batting average here. Hasn't hit a lot of home runs. Um, but the potential's there and the more comfortable he gets going into the end of the season, I think you're going to see a few balls leave the park. Um, and then Santana again, leading the world in walks, uh, still not hitting well, obviously. I mean, clearly not hitting well when they're throwing him strikes. You know, his batting average is not good, but he's still finding a way to get on base, finding a way to help produce some runs. Um, we are the, as a team, we are at the bottom, um, you know, the bottom four or five teams in the league as far as runs produced per game. I think we're sitting right at four, uh, which is, um, you know, comparably to the top, you know, to the top of the uh, Major League Baseball, which is where they're producing like six runs a game. Uh, so we have a ways to go to catch that. Uh, but you're right. Our outfield bats have been the issue. Um, you, you, the coaching staff has tried <laughs> pretty much every game. There's a different uh, set of players in our outfield. Uh, guys have been sent down. Uh, the Zimmers, the Mercados have been sent down to do some more work uh, with the with the with the taxi squad. Uh, the, it's it's tough. It's tough right now for to find hits in our outfield. Santana will come up and Domingo. He'll come up and swing the bat for you. Um, he makes good contact, uh, but he also strikes out a lot, and 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 really, his batting average hasn't been there either. Well, I think that's the big issue with Domingo Santana is he will he continually gets these chances um, because he's hitting with runners on base. I mean, he has he has come RBIs. through, yeah, and he has come through in some clutch situations. Like you know, the other day with Tristan McKenzie getting that getting that hit to help us get that win. That's a big big hit. Right. Yeah, he's he's in the top five in RBIs right now. Um, Tyler Naquin coming back, looking fairly strong. I think he's hitting almost his career numbers right now, which really isn't saying much. But for him to come back from a pretty serious injury like that and kind of pick back up where he left off, that's good for him. Not great for us, but still. 
Um, other and, than that, I, I don't think there are any bright spots. In yeah. Matthew, Delano De Shields has come back down to earth. Oscar Mercado's gone. Bradley Zimmer's gone. Jordan Luplo, I don't even know. I, I don't literally hit a beach ball right now. Well, let's face it. Yesterday's game is, you know, probably Sunday's Sunday afternoon's game is probably the first time Luplo looked good at the plate. He had a couple hits in that game. Um, it, I, I don't know. I, I don't know with him if it's a confidence thing or what, but last year, last couple seasons, he's just ripped through left-handed pitching. And this year, um, struggle until yesterday, really struggled to even get a hit. So that was, uh, it was good to see him get a couple hits yesterday. And, and like you said, Nyquim coming back and, and playing the way he's playing and really over the last stretch of the last seven games, um, you know, Tyler's been, he, he's, he's, I think he's doubled his batting average now and he's, he's really started to, uh, to produce a little bit, uh, trying to protect, uh, Reyes in that lineup. And, uh, obviously you have the flash in a pan that is Greg Allen, um, hitting a home run yesterday, which, We'll give him another seven chances. Hey, I love Greg staff. Allen. He's a, you know what? You That's know what I love fine. about Greg Allen? That's fine. There's no expectations there, right? Well, you know what Greg Allen is. He, Greg Allen knows who he is. You Greg Allen's going to come in. You put expectations on Greg Allen. He's going to come in. He's going to play hard. He's going to try to get on base with a bunt here and there. He's going to pinch run, try to steal a base. He's going to dive and make a catch. He made top, Sports Center top 10 today, trying to make a catch in center field yesterday. So, yeah, I Greg Allen. There's no again. He's a utility outfielder. He knows it. The Indians know it. He he's not trying to be a starter. He's just trying to play his hardest every time he goes in. Yeah, I like Greg Allen. Who picking his, on Greg Allen? His 143 average that really helps us out <laughs> as he's drumming on the bench. That's well, right his, now as primary, a utility outfielder in Cleveland, his, 143 doesn't help. You his are primary use right now is he's the drummer in progressive field. All right, so listen. So we know the struggles of our outfield. We're not going to overblow um, the rest of the team's production because, quite frankly, uh, Perez looks a little better hitting right now, uh, even though you know he's splitting time. Um, and Jose and Frankie could go off at any moment. You don't know. They're right. Really they're, they're all-stars. Exactly. They're perennial so, all-stars. So let's dig into um, if a trade is going to be made by the 31st, which is a week away. Uh, where exactly? Where, where? What are you looking at? What are you looking at, Brent? What do you? What are you seeing? Uh, the Indians going after here? Let's throw out some rumors here and see what sticks to the wall. I think um, obviously anybody that's looking for bats is going to Boston first. I think that's been interesting. Interesting. That has been Boston's a terrible team right yes. now. Yes, but they have really solid individual pieces. Um. I think Boston has been at the forefront of just about every trade rumor so far. I would agree, but I don't know. Again, I, I'm in the I'm in the ship of the people who think that it's more of a if we get what we want for this guy, we'll make that trade kind of season for Boston. Remember this right. that short no, they, season they it's kind of weird. They don't have to blow it up. And they, they have don't. pitchers who did not play this season who are really, really good. They opted out of the season. Right. So it's not like they have to blow that team up to be good next year. No. They know what they have coming back. No, they just they just have a multitude of guys that have decent trade value right now. Um, I agree. For us, I'm not sure how realistic it is. We're looking at guys, uh, obviously, Alex Verdugo, number one, is probably the – I would say he's top five outfield bat as far as trade value goes right now uh, among teams that are struggling. Um, 298, five home runs, 11 RBIs, uh, 914 OPS, I think, is the most impressive part about it in his first full season, I believe. Yeah, and I got to tell you, that's a great rumor. And I, I love that rumor, but I will tell you, there's no chance of the Boston Red Sox giving up their the piece they got in the Mookie Betts trade that they feel could be this long-term kind of center fielder for them, right? Who 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 is still who is producing in this shortened season, this this controversial season that we're in the middle of with all this controversy and all this 
uh, anxiety is going on. He's still producing. I cannot see them giving him up. Although I think from our show here, we should perpetuate the rumor that Verdugo <laughs> to the Indians is clearly a possibility. Clearly a possibility. So as of right now, Verdugo to the Indians is in uh, negotiations. <laughs> As far as we're concerned, <laughs> there's been plenty of talks between the Indians and the Boston Red Sox. We've been about dangling, we've been dangling Plesac, and people we're starting to go for it. People, you heard it here first. Um, but yeah, I, I Verdugo is obviously the primary bat that we could go get, um, cost wise. Uh, I, I just don't think we're willing to give up what it would take for Boston to trade Verdugo. All right. Well, then give me. He is, he is there. He is going to be their outfield bat of the future. Then give me some more of your fantasy um, picks. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, uh, obviously, JD Martinez is another name. He's kind of struggling this year, but he's still JD Martinez. Yeah, and I can right. see them unloading JD Martinez only to get rid of the money, though. Right. You know, obviously, so, unless and if they got a piece back for him, he, he's a possibility, I guess. The issue with JD Martinez, he's under control through 2022. Um, he's got two more years making a little over 19 million dollars. That's and a lot we, of money for a DH. Obviously, we are not willing to pay that. That's a money. lot of money for DH. I wouldn't pay that. Just want to. I just want to shout out to the Dolans right now. <laughs> Who won't pay twenty Dolan's. million dollars for a DH? Don't pay twenty million dollars for a DH. He's wrong. Don't do it. Don't do it. Chris Antonetti. Our DH is hitting. Our DH there. is hitting three hundred four, making much less money than that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, JD Martinez kind of struggling this year, hitting two twenty eight, only three home runs. Way the production is way down this year. Um, but fourteen out rise, he's still hitting the ball with guys on base. Seven twenty eight OPS, not terrible. Still not what we're looking for. And RDH for Emil Reyes sings songs in the dugout. I do not think that Martinez does that. Huge Whitney Houston guy. Don't believe that JD Martinez does that in the dugout for the Boston Red Sox. No, I don't think just throwing that out there. Bonus, bonus for RDH. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. Another outfield bat. I mean, he is what he is. Two thirty-five, two home runs, eight RBIs. uh, Super below average, six fifty-eight OPS, but. Knowing the Indians, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it's happening. Listen, wouldn't be surprised. It, it, yeah, I they can't. Don't make great moves. I don't see that happening. Listen, I, I, I disagree with you again. I think the Indians do make good moves. I think they make them with uh, sound financial structure in place. Sound financial structure, cheap. Listen, They're we're cheap. we're not the New York Yankees. It's not an unlimited pocketbook, man. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. And I and I understand how you have to operate that way. Look at some of the other teams who have small small markets like us, even bigger markets than us, who can't even compete. Listen, Cleveland isn't as big as Pittsburgh, and we compete every year for the playoff. Pittsburgh is a abysmal team. They're a dog. They can't. They don't know how to structure that team and financially build a sound team. We do it year after year after year with homegrown talent and great pitching and. I think we do a great job. And some of the players we unload over the time, I think it's because we're so talented in the minor league system. And I think our team actually takes into consideration this guy could play somewhere. We can't just let him rot in our AAA system, sit behind somebody. In the wise words of young Jeezy, scared money don't make no money. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. Um. Another wow. intriguing, another intriguing, wow. brilliant reference. Another intriguing name when it comes to the Red Sox. Uh, this is kind of one that it might be a solid match for the Indians. Kevin Pillar, he's kind of playing above uh, his career averages right now. He's hitting 278, three home runs, 11 RBIs. Uh, his 793 OPS, though, still kind of low, but he's a top of the order kind of guy. Um, he tends to get on base, and he's great, great like, defense, great, great, great defense, great defensively. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I don't know. I, I guess for for Pilar, and I don't know the details he's, on this. You, well, what's his contract a, look like? Uh, I mean, I guess this, it would be the thing. He freed up after this year. Okay, so he's on your deal. If he's a rental, I mean, he's a very good possibility. I gotta tell yeah, you, I don't you, think you it got me with much. that one, man. I wasn't I looking think, at that. I don't think it would take much to get him. I really don't, because um, he's not a guy that's gonna help Boston win anything. 
Truly. He's not a guy that has crazy trade value, but he's playing above his numbers this year. And he's always been a great clubhouse guy. Right. Everybody so loves everybody him. Loves him. So, yeah, I guess that's a really good opportunity for Cleveland he's, to bring so in. He's yeah, a veteran guy who's not going to get shook by anything. No, yeah. not at all. And he's a, he's a, like I said, he's a top-viewer guy. He's got great speed. And he is driving in runs right now, which is something, obviously, that we need because, like you said, Earlier when we were talking, we are what number five lowest. <laughs> yeah, in, fifth lowest and runs produced per game. That's insane. Here's my here's my thing. And, and Cleveland fans, let's put this in perspective, okay? The reason why I bring up what's his contract is because that's a reality. I don't care what everyone says, but you know, Brent always likes to talk about how cheap the Indians are and all that stuff. There's a reality here of how much money you can spend on a team in Cleveland and still make money right so i don't care who you are in a business sense you, you're not running a business to lose money it's not going to happen you didn't you know the i understand it's great to own a professional sports franchise that's a that's a unbelievable thing to have that kind of money to be able to do that and the value of these teams and all this kind of stuff but when you're talking about paying players tens, twenties, thirties, forty million dollars uh, a piece. I mean, you're talking a lot of money and you got to be able to turn that revenue over. And in a season like this, especially where you're not going to turn that kind of revenue over, it's just TV money coming in is all you have. Um, it, it's it you have to really think financially sound. I mean, you don't want to you want to be able to own that team for your lifetime. You want to turn it over to your kids and let them own it. So you got to be financially sound and take care of the business too. So you got to keep that in mind. We're talking about these trades. So if a Pilar comes in and he's making $12 million for a year, $10 million, whatever he makes for a season. you you got to understand when does that come off the books because, quite frankly, I think everyone in Cleveland loves Francisco Lindor. Let's face it. We love him, right? right. We all love him. But the reality is his contract's coming up, and it's going to be a big contract. Everyone knows it. He knows it. The, the league odds, knows it. The, the other teams, against us. Yeah, the other team's general managers knows it, and we know we can't offer him $35, $40 million a year to stay in Cleveland for a 10-year contract. It would destroy the fabric of how we have to build a team. But to be fair, we will have $30 million freed up. Yes, and that's the point here. So coming, there's a reason why you made the Kluber trade. You know, there's a reason why you know Santana signed for as long as he's signed, and he he's probably going to leave as a free agent again. There's a reason why you moved Michael Michael Brantley and didn't re-sign him. Kipnis's money's gone. You didn't re-sign him. There's a reason why you did all this is because you had young talent. We still have Hernandez really good young is only talent. On one year deal. Hernandez one year deal. That's it. He's a rental at second base, but we have really young good good solid young talent in the minor leagues i mean really good and we have really good young pitching a lot of it's under control for a long period of time money wise jose has signed a contract so if we want to offer frankie some money if we want to give him that 30 million dollars a year to try to stay in cleveland which i gotta be honest with you with the market the way it is and with, you know, Frankie not exactly putting up career numbers right now, there's a possibility that 30 million could get it done. I mean, you could have this guy locked in as your centerpiece, your focal point, Mr. Smile on your roster for a long period of time. So if that's what you want, Cleveland fans, if you want that, then we got to stick to our guns and make sure we're getting very sound financial pieces to go along with the players we have right now. I just kind of want to backtrack here for a second. You said you were talking about um, our controllable pitching pieces, our young controllable pitching pieces. We are set up our top six starters now, including Tristan McKenzie, are under control until at least 2023. Yeah. Do you want to just touch on that that show that Tristan McKenzie put up? <laughs> But listen, <laughs> 10 strikeouts in your debut. That's pretty uh, unbelievable. Gave up one home run and really only because he just wouldn't give in on first pitch fastball strikes. He's just going he was going to bury it in the zone and he's going to make you swing the bat and make you hit it and someone hit out 96 mile an hour home run. I'll and take that's that. Happen. I don't, I, I don't care Whatever. Play, that's gonna yeah, happen. because the guys who win the Cy Young Awards every year give up home runs. They yep. do. They give up home runs because they won't give in to hitters. They make you hit the pitch they want to throw and they throw it well. And McKenzie coming out with that kind of confidence and doing what he did. And then for the for the players, for the Indians to, to put up 
that in his final inning of pitching and everyone knew it to rally and come and get those runs and get him a win in his, in that, in that debut and outstanding, outstanding. That, that gives you hope for the pitching staff for the future because that is just lights out right there. If he can stay healthy. Yeah. So his final line here, uh, six innings pitch, two hits, one earned, um, 1.5 ERA. I mean, it doesn't get better than that in your debut. Ten Ks. Like, Give him another start. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And and they came out yesterday and said that they expect him to make another start. Um, Absolutely. I, I don't know. Let the kid throw. I don't know how that uh, affects Clevenger, Plesac, Pluko, um, but and Tristan McKenzie says to all of the reporters out there and all the so-called experts in the uh, field of scouting that had Tristan McKenzie as the Cleveland and not major league baseball's number 10 overall uh, prospect, but Cleveland Indians, they had him as the Cleveland Indians, number nine or number number I think number nine prospect on the yeah. Indians board. Yeah. Uh, Tristan McKenzie says, take that one experts. There it is. There it is. Um, moving back into some trade discussion here. Uh, I wanted to go into uh, some of the more obvious teams being the Pirates, the Giants, um, the Royals, uh, Angels, those kind of teams. Um, The Angels have a few names here. Um, Goodwin and Del Fletcher. Okay, those are are the three names that stand out. Um, Obviously... Only two of them are producing right now, um, being Goodwin and Fletcher. Goodwin has kind of gone on a skid the last few games. Yeah, and really, and really, to be honest with you, you know, I think Goodwin's always been a good player. Um, he's he's just kind of sitting in his career numbers. I think he's just getting more. I think he's getting noticed more in that lineup. And because he got off to a hot start, maybe there's some more buzz around him. But to be honest with you, if you look at his career numbers, he's sitting pretty close to his career numbers right, right. now. Maybe a little below, actually, in batting average. Um, Fletcher obviously doesn't have the body of work, uh, but he's sitting 306. He's hot, and he's a young, scrappy player. I love him. He can play anywhere. He plays outfield, infield, um, plays anywhere. Yeah, he's great utility guy. Solid defensively, yeah, definitely scrappy kind of and player. And he's swinging it with confidence right now, let's face right. it. In a lineup that really isn't doing much. Yeah, other cons- than considering like, considering the money being paid and the uh, the basic and, and really the reputation of the players in that lineup, they're, they're not producing right. a lot of runs right now. And that being said, I don't think the Angels are a trade match for us at this point. Probably not. Um, even if even if they, they need were the pitching, interested, right? But I don't know that they have anyone that we they, would want in return. They don't have the return that we that we would. I want. mean, Adele's a Adele's a, a serious contender, uh, you know, for that because let's face it, he has a body of work in the minor leagues that is spectacular. Let's face right. it. I mean, he's you know, and again, the scouts are the scouts, but you know, we they they had the guy who wasn't even the top one hundred prospects in baseball came in for the Indians that just pitched lights out like a Cy Young Award winner, mm-hmm. and then you have Adele who is the number one consensus player coming out of the minor leagues for the last couple of years even, and he comes up to the Angels and really hasn't has gotten off to a really a bad start. Yeah, one ninety six four seventy OPS, not good, but. Uh, they're not going to give up on him either. No, so, no, I can't see them trading him at this point. I um, can't see it. Moving on to the Pirates, Josh Bell having a terrible, terrible season on a terrible, terrible team. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think he's he struggles. not going to go anywhere. No one's going to take a chance on him. I right don't now. know. I mean, I don't know if it'll. Be, it definitely won't be the Indians. But I got to tell you, I don't. I, there's got to be some people thinking about taking a shot at Josh Bell again. He has a body of work. Uh, over the last couple of seasons that leads you to believe that this weird season with the short strike, especially playing on a team that's so bad that it has, he has no protection in that lineup, you know, and his confidence, he, he, he just doesn't seem like the same player he was the last couple of years right now mentally. So a change of scenery for him might be the best thing ever happened to him. He might turn out to be a fantastic player for somebody. It's just, exactly. does the team see it that way? Will they, will they, would they take a chance on him? Personally, I don't see, uh, Hitting 205 with a 546 OPS from a switch hitter, I I don't see that as even plausible for anyone. But 
again, it's Josh Bell. He's put up big numbers in the past. Um, the Giants, Mikey Stremski. He he came in last year, I believe. Yeah. Uh, put up some fairly decent numbers. Nothing too crazy. Uh, was a really solid player last year. And now he's come out and just exploded. 309, seven home runs, 23 RBIs. The uh, 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 1.074 OPS is huge. Yeah, Absolutely it, enormous. At this point in the season, he's one of the highlights of the MLB season offensively. The, in the, his first full season. Yeah, the problem is that's there's the, he doesn't have the body of work to lay his hat on here. He can't, he can't, you can't. This could be get him while he's hot kind of guy. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he's an answer either for us. And obviously, he is um, still going to be in his in his minor league deal. Going to be controllable for another, I believe, four years after this year. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to give him up. I think he's a piece that they're going to build around at least. For I, the I time would. Being. I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, but you know, they'll take off. I'm sure yeah. they're fielding offers though. Of course, they. If they get the right offer, they'll pull the trigger. But I don't think anybody's willing to give up something for Carl Yastrzemski's grandson. Yeah. Just because he's Carl Yastrzemski's grandson. Um, Who else you got? I got a bunch. I got the a few. Kansas I got a City few Royals. myself. The Kansas City Royals. Uh, I always come I back. I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with <laughs> this. I always will. They're not okay. trading Merrifield right now matter. to uh, the Cleveland Indians. It doesn't matter if they want to or not. I'm gonna figure out a way. And listen, I in since when do we trade pitchers? Do we, since when do we trade quality pitchers to a uh, interleague rival? And that's where I was going with this. So, being another AL Central team, I don't think we would ever get a deal done, especially for their best player. And we, I don't think we would give up a guy that could beat us five times a year. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with making this trade. All right, so. Obviously, we're talking about trading a pitcher. All right, we're talking to right. st- trading a pitcher to Which someone who needs need. pitching. They need pitching. Clearly, they need pitching, but they're not in the hunt for the playoffs this year. No. It's not happening. And they're so, not. They're not looking to trade. Anymore. So they're going to want a prospect. They're going right. to want to build a team. They want to. They want young prospect guys. So who are you giving up for a Merrifield? And that's the that's the kicker right there. Um, they don't want major league ready arms because I don't think they're even next year with the talent they have. They're still young. Um, they do have a solid bullpen. Yeah, they want guys who the control clock isn't ticking on yet. Right. And I just don't think I'm not sure we have that. Obviously, the names from the Kansas City Roars, you're looking at guys like Whit Merrifield, Jorge Soler. I think um, some deals are going to get done with Kansas City, possibly. But I, Kansas City is kind of a reluctant hate, trade partner. I would hate to see Whit Merrifield. Anywhere other than Kansas City, because I a don't want to see him win anywhere other than Cleveland, and b I don't want to see him win anywhere other than Cleveland. You're such a you're such a Merrifield lover. I am. I can't help this myself. A Merrifield lover. He, the last two seasons, he has led the world in hitting. I, I think he's a great player. Row, I really do. I think he's a. I think he's one of the most underrated players in Major League Baseball. Absolutely, clearly. And I think if he's playing anywhere other than Kansas City, he's a star. Yep, he's 100%. an absolute star. He plays, he plays second base. He could probably play third base. He yeah. plays the corner outfield and he hits. And and Merrifield's pro- it's a weird problem for Merrifield right now. So Merrifield's problem is the major teams, the big market teams that could really really use him, all have young second basemen who are really good. Right, which is why he made the move to the outfield last year. Um, I don't know if it's been super successful, but I don't think he's been really tested. Can, I think he can play anywhere. I think he's right. just a baseball player who he can is. play anywhere Absolutely. and hit the ball at the top of your line. Um, anyway. Yeah, anyway, he's hitting three twelve. So I understand why you love the guy. It's a little eyes on a team that does not get on base. Yeah, I understand why you love the guy. It's a little weird for me how much you love him, Listen, but you look awfully good. Yeah, you have a man crush on Wit. You have a man crush on Merrifield. Well, <laughs> hey, Wit, hit me up, dude. I think we could be friends. I don't know. Only if you're playing for Cleveland could we be friends. Moving on from my man crush. Um, okay, another interesting name. And then we'll kind of, because I think you probably have this one. Um, Kyle Lewis. 
What what are your thoughts on Kyle Lewis? I love him. Love him. If Seattle gets rid of Kyle Lewis, he should be in Cleveland. Will Seattle get rid of Kyle Lewis? No. In fact, if you get rid of Kyle Lewis, I think the entire front office gets fired. To be fair, though, if you get rid of Kyle Lewis, you get a big return for a guy that does not have a body of work. But again, that's a a rebuilding club. They're not going to want an established major league top of the rotation guy. They're not looking to make. I don't know if they're looking to make the playoffs even next year. That's the. They're going to get rid of Seager too. They're getting rid of all their veteran guys right now. A guy like that we could get rid of, like Clevenger, you have under control till twenty twenty three. He is he's kicking into his prime right now. Yeah, Uh, he's twenty nine. I mean, this is when guys hit their stride. Yep. You know, so that no, could that could it, potentially be a fit. Listen, if Cleveland doesn't call and ask about him, then Cleveland's crazy. Yeah, shame on them. So, um, yeah, he's he's a young. I mean, you're talking about a 21 year old who can just get it done. Who could who's going to be a stud? Yeah, yeah. yeah for speed. I mean, the the kid's a player. The kid's going to be a player. Is, um, as it sits right now, 368, seven home runs, 23 RBIs. Uh, the 1.041 OPS, that's where the, I'm pretty caught up on and, OPS. And that's on a, and that's on a team with no protection at None. the plate. They just, None they, they, the pitchers just don't know the kids that are pitching to them and he's making them pay. Yep. Absolutely. So who else you got on your list? Everybody? All right. So listen, I go back to a, a serious trade possibility, right? Uh, is Clint Frazier. Right. So yeah, of course we don't want to help the Yankees with pitching, but they need it. Let's face it; um, they're 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 in a battle. I, I, to be honest with you, I think the Yankees are in a battle to make the playoffs at this point. You know, with some of the other teams in that division that are getting hot. I mean, I know this is a weird short season. They have injuries again with Judge and Stanton and everyone under the sun. Um, Gio Arcello, our castoff again is a, is a, is playing well for them at third base, playing over his head and still still playing well. Um, you hate to say it, but they're going to be in a they're going to be in a fight possibly at the end of this season, and they have a couple of uh, a pitching needs still to this day. You know, would we make them stronger by trading them a pitcher? Yep, we would. Um, but at the same time, um, it makes us a tougher out too because we have enough pitching. We got that. We have that one through five in a in a, in a series. We're tough. We're going to be take, a tough out, man. I'll take because night take after our, night you got to face a stud. Even if we sent them somebody like a, a Mike Clevenger or a Zach Plesac, just because those are the names that are yeah. being tossed around. And Frazier's been take, the odd man out in the Yankees for a long time. Right. I w- I would take our starting rotation over there. Garrett Cole, Mike Clevenger. And Masahiro Tanaka. Yeah. All day. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think the Yankees would too. So that's why I think it's a possibility for us to talk with them about getting Frazier back in the fold and and turning him into one of our corner outfielders. Bring him Um, back. Bring him home. The reason being, I mean, when you look at his body work, he, he has 420 games. Okay. In the major leagues, he's a 260 hitter. Uh, not a big home run hitter. He's only hitting a, he only hits a home run once every 23 games or so. But, um, this year, I think with the playing time he's gotten because of the injuries, I think you're really seeing the production. He's, he's hitting 333, uh, with a couple home runs. That's all a couple home runs this game. He's hitting 333. He's really getting on base. So, um, I think he's, and he's, you know, when he gets on base and he's hitting like that, he's a run producer. He's a, he's an RBI guy. He's a run producer. He can knock in runs. He can score runs. Um, and he's gonna be de- he's gonna be tough in the outfield. So and he's been in the organization. He knows all the coaches. He knows the players. Um, you know, so I, I think he's a good fit uh, if we want to go after a guy. Um, so to and then and then for me, there's only two other guys that I think are potential. Um, I think we are definitely going to talk to the Dodgers uh, about Jock Peterson. Uh, and you have to because the Dodgers have a plethora of talent. Do I, I mean, want him? No, because I don't. Jock Peterson, you know, for a career, you know, he's kind of a slugger, known as a slugger guy, a uh, little bit of an on-base guy, but he does strike out a lot. He's only hitting 183 this year, and we got a bunch of outfitters hitting 183 this year. Let's face it, that's not special. Um, and he's been known to be injured. So I, I don't think, you know, I, I know, do I think he could be an upgrade with, for, for a power bat in our outfield? Yeah, sure he could. Cause we really don't have those guys playing the outfield. They're just home run hitters. We don't have that. Um, so he could be that, but if he comes in and hits 183 for us, he does us no good whatsoever. The, the bright side to Jack Peterson, he only makes a couple million dollars a year, like 2.9, I think for, and, and, and again, his contract is up. 
So he he's a possibility to come in, and if we, he gets hot, <laughs> I mean, on a hot streak, Jack Pearson's good as anybody. Yeah, it could be it could be a nice change of pace for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen it in the past. A guy like Jay Bruce, who was hitting below his numbers, came to Cleveland yep. and tore it up. Yeah, I like. Uh, um, Yasiel Puig, yeah, absolutely. hitting below Puig his career yep. numbers, he came to Cleveland and really so, helped us so out. So the change of scenery, playing for a contract, Jock Peterson might come in and just tear it up for us. So, so he's a possibility, and he's cheap. Yep. Um, and it, you know, we don't have to worry about the money. Um, and then for me, the big surprise one for me, uh, when I when I when I look at everything and I look around the league and I think, you know. The, the Houston Astros, right? They got some pitching woes right now. There's guys hurt. Um, they got some bottom of the rotation issues for sure. At the very least, they've had some injuries in the field. There's some stuff going on there. So they've had some controversy and the A's are quite frankly are walking away with that division. Um, even though the Astros go on a, on a hot streak, uh, win six or seven in a row, uh, with these guys hurt, uh, their, their offense is coming around. So I think for a pitcher, Especially going into the playoffs, they've done it in the past. They'd be willing to give up a bat for a pitcher. They've done it in the past. Yeah. So I say bring Michael Brantley home. I say bring Michael Brantley home and make that trade and bring him back. He's only this is final year of his contract with the Astros, and uh, you know he'd come off or he'd be a rental for half a season. We love him. Uh, the Indians dugout would love to have him back in there. He's a great guy in the locker room. He's thirty three years old. And all he and, does is hit. Yeah, and if he comes back. I got to be honest with you. I don't know. You know, at 33, what he's not going to sign a big contract. He's not going to sign a $20 million contract. He's going to be a one-year rental every year for the next three or four years. Just teams looking for hitters. So we could be in that sweepstakes and keep Michael Brantley here. We love him. He's going to come hit almost 300 every year. Uh, we know what we're going to get from him. He's a, he, he's clutch. He kind of he knows how to hit. Um so I love that. I love that idea of taking him, taking one of those young con- pitchers we have that are in trouble right now, and, and turn him into Michael Brantley being in our, our, you know, shoring up our outfield bats. Yeah, give us that outfield bat back, yep. that consistent outfield bat that we had for so many years. So uh, still, still to this day, I think last I checked, I think he was hitting like three oh eight. Yep. And he's still, and he's hitting with guys on base. He's yeah. driving in runs. Yeah, and, he's uh, their lineup realistically has been hurt and struggling for a long time. Yeah. So I think those are, you know, Frazier, Peterson and Brandley, those are the three guys I think the Indians should make phone calls about. So if you're listening to us, the jams of yeah, Cleveland's front office, which we know you are, we know you're listening to us. This number one fan, number one, <laughs> number one Cleveland podcast right here. You know, you're listening to us. So uh, make those phone calls to those teams. Let's see if we can get done real quick. Um, I want to bounce back to the Yankees. Uh, you talked about Clint Frazier. I think, um, obviously, we had talked about this yesterday. Clint Frazier has some pretty good value. Um, if we were looking to move a pitcher, I think that would be a good a good fit. But we could potentially get um, not only a Clint Frazier, but a guy like a Miguel Andujar, who has kind of been struggling, but he has the potential to be a young superstar. Yeah, you know, here's my thing with Andujar. Where's he fit in our infield well i think he fits in our outfield yeah potentially potentially but again we have a bunch of guys hitting 187 right so that that <laughs> could be but it could be a, it, it could kind of be a throw-in you know um i don't know i, I don't know the, the i don't know might the, be there i think with his upside um again you don't know he could be he could have injury issues he could have all kind of stuff i i, I don't I, I don't see the yankees moving him right now Especially if they're going to move a guy like Frazier. Depends. It just depends on how desperate they are for um, that rotation piece. Um, so, hey, listen, we can't have a discussion about Indians and trade rumors without talking about Francisco Lindor. Right. So, you know, we've made some mention here about trying to make him an offer. But the reality is um, Frankie's made quite a few comments in the press um, about how there's not going to be a hometown discount. You know, there's not going to be. So if Frankie can turn this season around, if Frankie can continue to hit um, and be Frankie, um, you know, there is potential here that we are going to have to trade. Not if we don't trade him by the 31st. You know, there's really not many signs because of his his lack of production. So if he had got off to an unbelievably hot start and we were still losing games, then maybe, you know, there'd be all kind of trade rumors going on right now. But right now there's not a bunch of trade rumors. I think teams are being patient, not to mention the fact that 
in a shortened season like this where teams aren't making the millions and millions of dollars on fan participation in games, um, no one is going to offer Frankie an extension of three hundred fifty, four hundred million dollars. It's not going to happen. No, so they, they know they can wait us out. Right. I mean, so everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen. And I think the trade talks with Frankie will really heat up during the off season. Um, but so I just wanted to go back and revisit uh, one of the rumors uh, during the off season this year, leading up before the COVID season hit us, uh, was that Frankie to the Dodgers. Okay, they just got Mookie Betts. Um, they'd be adding another monster contract. I don't know that they're in on this. Um, I'm but just throwing it be, out there. They, they may, may be, be willing to spend. So that I wanted money. to do a little bit of comparison, right? So I pulled up uh, Seager's numbers. So Seager's a starting shortstop for the Dodgers. Um, he's been an All Star. He's he's actually a fantastic player in baseball. Um, so I just wanted to say, so both of them now are 26 years old. Yep. Uh, they're both exact the same age, came into the league around the same time. Uh, I think, I think uh, Seager was a year after Frankie, to be honest. And then Seager's had some injuries since then that Frankie, Frankie missed part of a season. I think Seager missed an entire season. So there's, there's almost like he's almost played two seasons less or almost a season in three quarter less than Frankie has at this point in their careers. So career number wise, total career number wise, he's not where Frankie's at. So he hasn't had the number of at bats and he hasn't had the, but it, it, if you look at their career numbers, okay. And they both have quite a body of work. Frankie's had 3000 at bats and, and Seager is pushing 2000 at bats at this point. So, you know who they are, you know, who these guys are at this point in their careers, they could get better, they could, but you know who they are. Okay, so I've, I've kind of put their numbers together here. So Frankie, for his career, is a 286 hitter, all right, for 3,000 at-bats. At 2,000 at-bats, Seager's a 298 hitter, okay? He's 10 points higher, 12 points higher than Frankie as a hitter, okay, at the plate, just to keep that in mind. Um, Frankie hits home runs at a clip of about one every 22 and a half games, Okay, uh, that's where he's at for his career. One every 22 and a half games. So in a shortened season like this, Frankie is on pace to hit three home runs, which, you know, he'll beat that, I'm sure. But um, but that's just kind of the pace because people go through ups and downs and that's the pace they hit at. And Seager hits it one every 24 games. So every game is, is a game and a half a little slower. He's not the slugger that Frankie is, but then again, when you compare it to Aaron Judge, who hits one every 12 games, mm-hmm. half the half is half, you know, one every half the games it takes Frankie to hit one. Frankie's not in the top echelon of home run hitters yeah, either. Absolutely. When he gets hot, he hits them in bunches. And Seeger's done the same throughout his career. When he gets hot, he hits them in groups. Okay. So then you have the OPS, right? Career Frankie, career OPS, 835. Seeger, 857. Beats Frankie again in OPS. Beats him in batting average, is about the same rate of home run hitting, and beats him in OPS. And then when you get an on-base percentage, which Cleveland adores on-base, all right? We are on-base. We love our coaching staff, our front line. We love on-base. Frankie's a 345 on-base. Seeger's a 360. One on base. So almost every statistical category that matters to the Cleveland Indians, Seeger is the has the better numbers. Seeger and and Seeger's that's three sixty one from the middle of the order. That's right. Seeger's not hitting at the bottom of the order. He's not hitting Frankie, at Seeger's hitting in the middle, Frankie, just like Frankie. Frankie's a three forty five, and he's been from the top of the order. That's right. Frankie's three forty five, been the number one hitter. He's only three forty five. So. Mm-hmm. Seager is an intriguing, if this deal ever does have to happen, right? And we have to unload Frankie. Seager, I understand Seager's not the defensive shortstop that Frankie is, but no, but there, but let's face is it. Is there anyone else that is yeah, the defensive he's played, besides? No, there isn't. That's Simmons. right. Simmons uh, yeah. is the only one. And I, and I understand, you know, so it's a step down defensively, but come on, people. Let, let, you know, offensively, you're not stepping down if you make this trade. Offensively, you're not stepping down from Francisco Lindor just because you don't know Seager and he's not the face of Major League Baseball doesn't mean you're stepping down. So there is a trade and there's other ones out there as well. There's other trades out there as well that we could make that we wouldn't lose them beat on the offense. And I'm sure if you look into their career war, 
I, I'm sure Lindor has a a higher WAR at this point because of his defense. Absolutely, and he's had three, and he's had over a thousand more bats exactly. than Seager. So yeah, and his defense. So yeah, his WAR is going to be a little bit higher. Uh, so overall production as a player, yeah, he's a he's a little better guy, which. Only means for us that not only would we get Seager, but we'd probably get another piece to go along with him, a minor leaguer or an outfielder or Jock Peterson. You could probably throw in there with him, you know, so there is some serious potential there uh, for a trade with the Dodgers. And I think getting a Seager piece in return would be outstanding for the Cleveland Indians. If Frankie doesn't want to be in Cleveland, then he can go to L.A. and we'll take a guy who's literally signed. And for way less money than you're going to sign Lindor for, and he can still produce those same numbers offensively. And and at one at what point in Cleveland, as the Indians, do you look at your lineup and say, you know, we might not need this much defense? Because if you look, if you look at our our, our entire roster is built on defense. Yeah, we I don't mean, have we don't have the guys that are going to hit 308 with, you know, 25 home runs consistently. And to be year. honest with you, I think you can take a chance defensively because our pitching is so good. Exactly. You know, we we're the, we have an outfield filled with great defensive outfielders that can't hit a lick. Yeah, we got we got to turn that around. So I think we should take a chance on offense. And like I said, remember Cleveland. I just threw this out there. I love Frank Lindor. I'd rather him be here than Seager. Don't get Absolutely. me wrong. But I got to tell you, Seager's a great guy. Everyone loves him. He's an option here in a trade. And it just goes to show you that if Frankie decides to leave, it's not the end of the world. We still could build a serious playoff contender. And quite frankly, I you know without that without that. Without that on everybody's back, that constant trade rumor with Frankie, that constant, is he going to sign a contract? Is he leaving? Is he staying thing with Frankie? I, I hate to tell you, I think it's affecting the team. And I think the sooner they get something done, the better. Um, I Like I said, I don't think it's going to happen by the 31st, but I think this offseason, I think something has to break. Yeah, I think the winter meetings are going to be a an anxiety-riddled time for Cleveland. Uh, we're we're too good and too young to have that kind of cancer running through the locker room, that kind of right. talk all the time. I mean, we have a bunch of young players that are going to come up next year and really help us out and start producing. Yep. And we can't have the constant, is he staying, is he going, is he getting, is he going, going on. And, and if you're going to pull a trade, like I said, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm sure the Dodgers would love to have Frankie. And uh, Seager for us would be an upgrade. Get that, people, would be an upgrade offensively. Hmm. Another name. Uh, in the Dodgers organization right now, Gavin Lux. Uh, he's a middle infield prospect. They're thinking more of a, a second base type guy too. Sure. Um, so, hey, you never know. And he is, as it as it sits right now, he's their number one infield prospect. Never know. Never know. Never know. Um, I do have two more names. Uh, well, three more names. Oh, you're hitting me. Are you hitting me with they're, your surprises here? Are you hitting me with your be, surprises here? Yeah. These are these are three names that are unrealistic. Okay, but hey, at the same time, you never know. I personally would do whatever it took to get these guys, but that's just me. Um, kind of fly by the seat of my pants kind of person, you know, when it comes to. Front office moves, which is mainly the or reason why front office not, criticism. This is mainly <laughs> yeah. the reason why I'm not in the front office. <laughs> anyway, so name number one on this list, okay, Ketel Marte. Okay, um, three thirty six, one home run, kind of a down year for power uh, power wise for him. Nine RBIs, 801 OPS. Solid, solid, solid defensive outfielder. Um, He's going to hit for you. He's going to hit with guys on base. He's going to score runs. And Starling Marte, also with the Diamondbacks, 320 average, two home runs, 11 RBIs, 855 OPS. Another very, very, very solid defensive outfielder who will steal bases for you. He'll drive in runs. He'll hit the ball over the park. One makes a lot of money and the other not so much. Well, so Starling Marte is on a one-year deal. Ooh. 
That's, one year deal, we'd have to finish up his twelve and a half million. That's interesting. Now that's right. that's a possibility. Then I like so, that. I don't. Now think, you're thinking like the Cleveland front office. Now you're right. thinking like the Cleveland front office. Ketel I like Marte it. is controllable through 2024. I uh, don't think that's realistic. Right. He's not going anywhere. He's only. Yeah, I can't see them trading him with that kind of numbers at yeah, 26. He's, he's not going anywhere. But Starling Marte, obviously, you know everybody knows him from his days in Pittsburgh, where he tore it up. Also had a 90 game suspension for PEDs. Um, but that being said. He's never been in trouble. He's a good guy. Um, the PEDs were, you know, I'm sure there was some pressure applied to him. But he did have a very, very, very rough offseason. Um, I believe his wife died over the offseason uh, right before the season yep. started. Yeah, very sad story. Yep. Um, yep. But he, he came out this year, and he's playing out of his mind. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely playing out of his mind. Um, so I don't know. I obviously out of respect for him, I don't think the Diamondbacks would move him at this point. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know that that's really. I don't know that that's really the case. I don't. You know the Diamondbacks. They love him. Yeah, they, they love really him do. down there. I, I just don't think. I think if they loved him enough, they would have already extended him. It, well, here's the problem. No one's extending. If you if you notice, there really hasn't been many extensions here in this shortened season. Right. Uh, it's because no one knows what baseball looks like next spring yet. Yeah. So the, they can't. You can't really get. You know, the extension talks with Frankie. Every everybody's extensions talks kind of expired. Um, unless you're desperate. Unless if you had a Mike Trout right now in extension talks, those would probably still be ongoing. Um, but other than that, you, you can't. I mean, you just can't because we you don't know what baseball looks like next year. We just right. don't. And a guy like Starling Marte has been consistently a very good hitter over his basically his whole career. He has. He has. Um, I think he's uh, for his career. I believe he's in the two nineties. Well, I would imagine that there's some teams going to call about him. I would think so. And I, and the Diamondbacks are in need of pitching. Um, their big off-season signing um, was uh, Bumgarner. Bumgarner, yeah. yeah. And he's down. I mean, I, I believe he's done for the year. Yeah. Yep. So they need starting pitching. And but are and they still in the hunt? We no, they're not. But we have controllable starting pitching. Yeah, but you know what? It, 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 they they could unload. They could still unload Marte without with, with and want prospects potentially. I just so. I I feel like but they, Arizona but, has been on the cusp. For a few years now, and really signing signing Marte, signing Bumgarner, they were in a win now mode. They wanted right. to, they want to win now, and those it did two, not work out for those them. Those two, obviously, Marte is panning out. Yes, but I don't think he's going to stay. But this season, without the pitching that they brought in, all that, yeah, I the 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 plan to win right now, to to, to compete right now, just it hasn't working out. Right, but but that doesn't mean their philosophy is going to change. They they may want to go out and get some pieces to try to win next year. Yeah. 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 I think that's, I, I personally think that's where they're at. Um, but selling Marte is an interesting one because like I said, 12 and a half million, we could uh, eat the rest of his salary for the rest of the year and it wouldn't hurt us at all. True. Very true. Um, and he it's, pro- would, it's prorated. He would, he would plug and play. <laughs> it's I mean, prorated salary. Yeah. So we'll be all right. He would, he would plug and play um, either probably in the number two spot or somewhere around five or six. Yeah, he would definitely be a boost um, to our lineup in the outfield for sure. Yeah, but the obvious name for me, at least, that is entirely, entirely unrealistic. Uh, Charlie Blackman. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's got his. Some people have to be calling guy, about Charlie Blackman. He's guy, hitting he's hitting four hundred. Whatever he's hitting, he's not hitting even four oh five. Absurd. Twenty four RBIs from the leadoff. The season he's having is absurd, and they can't win games. And he's what thirty three. He's dead. He's thirty three. Thirty three years he's old. One point oh nine OPS. I mean, I don't go. I wouldn't call thirty three young, well, but he's, he's right there. But to hit his prime. But to do what he's doing. At 34 and playing a great he's center field it. on top of that. That's crazy, he's man. He's done it for crazy. years. Here's my question. He just gets so overlooked because he's overshadowed by Nolan Arenado. It's true, but he's outplaying all of them. Yeah, he's yeah, the best he's player. He, he might be the best hitter in Major League Baseball right now. I I, I 100% agree with that. So, yes. We don't have the pieces for them. With Colorado being where they're at right now, 
play why I, I I can't imagine them not talking to teams about Charlie I Black. I think I don't think the Rockies are completely out of it. They're they're eight and a half games back. Yeah. But the division's not great. Yeah, I I just I don't I don't know I I just can't they imagine could make them not run. fielding they calls. They could make a run. At, at they have any to be moment, fielding calls about Charlie Blackman right at, now. At any moment, Charlie Blackman, Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story could absolutely go off. Charlie Blackman's a player that if you are on in the bubble in the mix for your for your division or in the mix for a World Series, Charlie Blackman's a guy who comes in if he plays out of his mind like he's doing right now. If he plays half as well as he's you been playing could this year. easily. He could carry you through a, a World Series run. I mean, we're talking about he's consistently been a great hitter. Yeah. Here, here's my problem with Charlie Blackman. All right. I, I, I don't mean to be the negative guy, but I'm going to be the negative guy here. You're going to play the, Charlie Black. Uh, that's right. I'm Colorado playing. Avenue. I'm playing the That's right. So, so he plays great in Colorado, right? Uh, um, Charlie Blackman's a, um, you know anyone who's seen him in interviews and all this stuff? He's a super nice guy, but he's a he's a he's an odd guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's out he's out there a little bit. Um, he's a different guy. So the the thing about him is when he gets to that point where he is ready to play, I think he's comfortable in Colorado. I don't think there's any question about it. He's comfortable in Colorado. You can't stop him. So um, when he moves to another team. Right. When he doesn't have a cabin in the woods and he can't go fishing after the game and he can't do all that stuff, what do you do? Is, is he going to be comfortable playing in a major city? Uh, is the Yankees going to get him, make him shave off his beard and cut his hair? Uh, you know, how's he going to do? How's he going to perform under the, in that environment? I don't think it's going to happen. Hey, baby. <laughs> Little baby Fitz is here to join the show today. <laughs> Good morning. Hi, Fitty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Charlie Blackman could be the guy in the cabin in the mountains that just doesn't want to be bothered. Uh, yeah, we don't know. And again, I don't know how he would perform in a in a different environment. And I'm uh, sure so that has to come into play when you consider Charlie Blackman. Right. I'm I'm sure the Rockies, the last thing they want to do is get rid of Charlie Blackman. He's been so good for so long. For yeah, them. he's a, he's going into the Hall of Fame yeah. as a Colorado Rocky. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, way overlooked. In today's game, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I have. Um, I I see a, a couple good fits, a couple good surprises. Um, yeah, I don't know that I, again. I go back to what we said the other day. I don't know it's going to be a crazy big trade no. season for Major League Baseball under the circumstances. No, and, and any other year it could be it could be madness with all the player contracts coming up and the big names involved and in, and in, on teams that aren't playing well. But under this circumstance that we're in right now, I just don't know that uh, there's going to be a bunch done. Uh, could Cleveland move a pitcher? Yes. I definitely think we could move Should at least they? one. Probably. Uh, do we need an outfield bat? Yep. 100%. Are there a bunch of outfield bats out there to get? No. No. There are not a bunch no. of outfield are... bats out there to get. We have a very specific list. And if we can't check off every box, then we just can't go get them. And that's the reality. Um, but I do think a handful of guys – um, JD Martinez probably not an option, but Kevin Pillar might be. Um, Starling Marte might be. Clint Frazier for Clint sure. Frazier might you be. You know, Jack Peterson's going to be in this conversation. And those are those are those are you know four really solid bats have been in the past at least. Yep. Uh, a guy like Clint Frazier could come home and tear it up. You never know. Um, you bring Clint Frazier back, bring up Bradley Zimmer again. They're best friends. Sure. You know that's that's a morale boost. Sure. That's what that is. Um, Mike Yastrzemski, probably not going anywhere. But, yeah. So, that's where we're at. I mean, it's it's all positive. Uh, we de- definitely need a bat. Bad. We need a bat. 100%. Or we need somebody to step up. Um, the potential is there for the lineup. But, you just never know. With this front office, they could be active. They just they could sit on their hands until the last minute and never get anything done. You just oh, there you go with your negative mentality again. You don't. Know. I'm sure the phone calls have already been made. I'm sure, they've already been made. We can speculate all we want. If we if we're sitting here, they don't want to spend. If we're sitting here, <laughs> if we're sitting here discussing it, you know they have to. So, <laughs> the uh, I don't know. Maybe I see, but that's that's where I'm at. Maybe well, listen. If they're listening, if they're listening to the podcast right now, then. Now they know what to do. See? And there it is. There it is. You just got to know who to call. Cleveland fans. 
you know. Chris Antony, you just got to know who to call. You know who to call. We're, we're here. Teal Panda Studios. We're here. All right. Yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for today. Um, thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Cleveland, don't mess it up.